Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Now, speaking of traveling the world, we're actually here in Taipei, Taiwan, and out of 430 episodes, I've never done this before, but it's actually a capsule hotel, and I'm actually in the capsule. <laughs> how cool is that? I'm in a capsule because people watching the World Cup in the lobby, and it's quite noisy in the lobby, so there was nowhere else to do it. So I was like, hey, you know, why didn't we try something new? And it's working so far, but apologies if there's any delays or hiccups in the Wi-Fi, but hey, life as a digital man means you're never going to have perfect Wi-Fi. Uh, so uh, while we're traveling, we're also doing our interview series. We're up to 430 plus episodes as we speak, and we're definitely inching our way closer and closer to that magic 500 episode. So stay tuned for that. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and uh, follow us on YouTube as well. We have both video and audio versions on the podcast directories. And on today's episode, we have a very special guest. Her name is Chelsea Glass. She's originally from California, but now she's based in Antigua, Guatemala, in Central America. We had a chance to visit that part of the world earlier this year. Phenomenal. We love Guatemala. Definitely one of our favorite places in Central America, especially Lake Atitlan. Oh, I keep raving about how much I love Lake Atitlan. Antigua, you know, amazing colonial city, uh, teaching uh, Castanago market, incredible, you know, uh, ethnic market, and so much more in Guatemala. Definitely a big highlight. And uh, we're big advocates of travel in Guatemala. And uh, why not? We, why don't we bring the expert in herself? Chelsea is the founder of Art of, The Heart of Travel, and she actually does tours. Uh, not only in Guatemala, but in different parts of Central America, South America, Cuba, and more. So we'll be talking uh, about her uh, foundation of the company and also all of her tours and her love for Guatemala and the people there, of course. And uh, by the way, she's very passionate about this whole area of ethical, responsible travel, which we are as well. So I'm super excited to talk about that in more depth, too. So Chelsea, how are you doing over there in beautiful Antigua, Guatemala? Hi, I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. So why don't we get a little bit of a backstory? Uh, you're uh, from California, and now of all places in the world, you've ended up in Guatemala. How did that happen? Yeah, so I was 19 years old, and I was uh, almost finishing university. I started university a little bit early. I was 16 when I started. And I had spring break time, and I just wanted to do something different. I lived in a uh, college town that was notorious for its party scene. I wasn't a big participant in that, but I just wanted to get out of that area and do something different. So I went to Guatemala kind of on a whim, didn't really do a whole lot of research, just kind of picked something random um, and went down for 10 days to volunteer and study Spanish. I didn't speak any Spanish at the time and I had a great experience. So I decided to go back a few months later and spend the summer there. And it was that summer that I was offered a job um, as a tour guide. And so I stayed for about three years that first time. Awesome. So you started off as a tour guide. And then obviously now you're running a company. Tell us about that transition, because obviously that's a huge transition from just working as an employee to now running an entire company. Tell us about that. How did that yeah, happen? Uh, so after being in Guatemala for about three years, I actually went back to California for four years. And during that time, I was working at a Spanish school, studying to get my master's in Spanish and Latin American studies. And I would still bring groups to Guatemala about every four or five months to do trips with um, the gentleman who had given me my first job all the way back in 2010. Um, and it just got to a point where I'd been at my job for four years in California and I really wanted to do something different. I wanted to be my own boss. Uh, and that friend of mine, Carlos, said, why don't you start a company? We can work together here in Guatemala. You can do other trips. And I was like, you know what? Like, I always kind of knew I was eventually going to own my own business and it just felt like the right time. So I went for it. 
You did. And, uh, you know, that's the key, obviously, of entrepreneurship is starting. You can't ever get all the pieces right or duck, get the ducks in a row, so to speak. You just have to launch it and then make all the mistakes, learn from them and improve over time. So tell us yeah. about this journey um, in terms of starting, going from the idea. It's one thing to have this idea, whole other thing to launch it, get people on the tours, uh, you know, stumble where you're across it, finance it. I'd love to you to, for you to break it down, break it down in terms of logistics and implementation and kind of those early years. Yeah, definitely. So we're about to hit our two-year anniversary. Uh, I still feel like we're definitely in our infancy, but this last year has been so much growth compared to the first year. In the beginning, it was me and a laptop trying to make a business plan. Like I found a template off the internet, um, starting to put itineraries together based off of some of the trips I'd already led. But like you said, it was really jumping in and taking action and just trusting that, through the process that I would learn and grow and I would make mistakes and grow from them. And obviously trying to make sure I didn't make any super big mistakes. Um, it was a pretty interesting experience though, because uh, right when I left my job to start my business, I uh, was a little bit surprised with, I went through a divorce. And then uh, my friend Carlos who had given me my first job in tourism and he was kind of my partner here in Guatemala. Uh, on month three of starting the business, he actually passed away. So it was like a very, yeah, it was a really rough start in the beginning of uh, getting Heart of Travel off the ground. In a way, I'm really thankful that I had like Heart of Travel because it was something to throw myself into when I had all of this other stuff happening. But um, I definitely went through a phase in the beginning of feeling lost and like, what do I do next? And I read a lot of books. I listened to a lot of podcasts. I talked to other entrepreneurs who could give me advice and support. And little by little, I was able to really get into a groove. I brought one of my best friends to work with me. And ever since she joined the company, she's now a partner in it. Um, that's when things really took off and we became like a real, real thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Incredible, incredible. Congratulations. So, uh, you know, with any business, it's kind of like this dilemma. Do you kind of grow where you are or do you expand? And some people expand too quickly. It all falls apart. And some people, they stay too long in just their local regional area. So you seem to have succeeded uh, well enough that you expanded not only in Central America, but in South America, even in Cuba. Uh, tell us about that decision-making process. Like, obviously, you could have just focused only on Guatemala, but you chose to expand. Tell us about how that uh, process went for you. Yeah, definitely. It kind of happened organically. I have a lot of my our core clients are from my hometown in California. And so they don't want to go to Guatemala necessarily every single year, but they are willing to go somewhere with me and Anna every single year. And so we'd be on one trip in Guatemala and they'd say, have you guys ever been to Oaxaca? Like, we'd love to check it out. And I would either be like, oh yeah, I've been there. Like, let's do a tour. Or I've been like, I haven't yet but let me go check it out, make some contacts, and then let's go. Um, so it kind of happened that way. I'm really lucky that I got to travel a lot of Latin America uh, on my own over the last eight years. And during that time, I've made a lot of relationships. And at the time, I wasn't necessarily making these connections thinking like, oh, this is for business. It was usually just, I genuinely really like these people and I like this place. And now those contacts have really served us in terms of being able to create amazing trips and amazing teams and the different countries that we work in. So Chelsea, I'd like um, to kind of hear a little bit more about the tours. Obviously, to really experience it, you got to be on the tour. But in terms of the number of days, uh, what happens in a typical day, uh, walk us through, uh, maybe if you want to give one example of one of your tours. 
Yeah, so like you said, every tour is a little bit different. Each country has its unique uh, attractions. But for the most part, the trips are anywhere between seven and 14 days. Um, and I can just talk to you a little about a Guatemala tour. We actually have one that's coming up in a couple of days that we start. So people arrive to Guatemala City. We're waiting for you at the airport. We get you from the airport to Antigua, get you checked into your lodging. We stay at smaller boutique hotels that are run by Guatemalans. Um, and we spend a couple of days here in Antigua exploring attractions here in the town, food, markets, uh, different artisans, the beautiful architecture here. And then from there, we take a, a flight to Flores, which is on the eastern side. So you can drive all the way there, but it's like 10 hours. So we take a quick flight, get there, get settled in, have a nice night, uh, enjoying the more humid climate on the lake. And then the following day is Tikal. So that's Mayan ruins, jungle, wildlife, nature. It's beautiful. From there, we drive to Rio Dulce, spend two nights there. Again, that's like an, just astonishingly beautiful, so much nature. And on the eastern coast, there's a town called Livingston, which is very different than the rest of Guatemala. Um, then we head back to Antigua for a couple of days. And then our last kind of big highlight is our time at the lake. Um, and all of the tours balance out a lot of cultural interaction, adventure, wildlife, and some downtime, of course. So we really like to focus on the different uh, indigenous communities, particularly in Lake Atitlan, and what they're up to. So be it weaving or coffee cultivation, or ceramic work, so you can see what artisans are doing and how these communities have empowered themselves to be small entrepreneurs, and it's really inspiring. And um, I guess you have that whole uh, ethical responsible part, that is the indigenous work, and tell us about how that ties into, not only Guatemala, but in terms of all your tours, that's really the heart of the heart of travel. Definitely, so one of the reasons I started the heart of travel is because I feel like in the tourism industry, there's so many like big hotels or big cruise lines or companies that come in and kind of exploit the access to like very cheap labor. And then they put these huge markups on their trips and they make a ton of money. And then the actual people who are providing these services and these activities are not making very much money off of this tourism, which can be somewhat invasive into these cultures. So I was trying to figure out like, how can we do tourism and showcase Guatemala, the the good, the bad, the mundane of it all, and it's still in a safe way, and have that actually be positive for the people who are allowing us to have this experience. So for us, that can be anything as small as just paying our local guides above what they normally get, because what they normally get is not, you know, able to, is not sufficient. Or staying at smaller hotels, um, and then, like you said, visiting these communities and bringing potential clients to meet these artisans, letting them from their own voice tell their story, talk about their products. Um, and that's really for us, it's about bringing people together on a micro level and letting those relationships happen where there's a more direct interaction instead of being a ton of middlemen. Like we are obviously middlemen, we can't deny that, but we try to do it in the most transparent and responsible way possible. Awesome. Yeah. Good on you. Good on you for uh, bringing, boosting that, uh, lo the local economy by supporting uh, the artisans and, you know, obviously supporting the guides and, uh, you know, paying them uh, higher than normal. So yeah, definitely some great initiatives, uh, what you're doing there. I'd love to hear a little bit more about Cuba because I think a lot of people are curious about Cuba. It's not on the typical travel trail. A lot of people have apprehensions, fears, like, what the heck is this country all about? Uh, so you obviously are uh, quite qualified to talk about it because you're running tours there. So tell us about this Cuba trip and how does that look like? Yeah, Cuba is amazing. And there's a lot of misconceptions about Cuba. Um, one of them being that you can't go there anymore. And in fact, 
with the more recent changes under the Trump administration, U.S. citizens can still go to Cuba, um, but they have to go, the easiest way for them to go is the education category and then subcategory people-to-people group travel. So if you're part of a group, like with the Heart of Travel, or even if it's just four of you and you were to contact a company like Heart of Travel, we could put together something that would qualify for that. So you can go to Cuba, um, and then Cuba is actually one of the safest places to visit in all of Latin America and the Caribbean. It has extremely low crime rates, and that has to do with the fact that there's a lot of enforcement, and then also penalties are really high. So there's a no, like there's no crime uh, in Cuba. So it's really safe. I mean, I'll walk around Old Havana at night, streets that maybe would look like they wouldn't be safe, just because a lot of the, the city is somewhat in ruins. But you walk by at one o'clock in the morning and you feel safe and it, it truly is. Whereas in Guatemala, I love Guatemala and overall it's a lot safer than people think, but Cuba is just, it's just totally different. Like it's very safe. Um, it's beautiful. And I think most people go to Cuba with questions and they leave with more questions because trying to put the puzzle pieces together of how this is working economically is really confusing. Um, you have doctors who leave their job so that they can work in tourism because they can make more money that way. So um, I'm not one to pass judgment or to like have a huge opinion. I definitely think people should come and experience Cuba and formulate their own opinion in terms of the social political aspect. And then also, it's just really fun. I mean, it is one of the most vibrant, colorful, alive cultures that you're going to experience. So it's an amazing destination. Yeah, definitely. I've done a lot of uh, Central America. I actually did a um, Mexico overland into Costa Rica, visiting every country. I've done every country in South America and a few of the Caribbean, but I haven't done Cuba yet. So that's definitely high on my list to cover soon. And uh, I know you do Peru as well. And that was one of my favorite countries in South America, of course, because of the world famous Machu Picchu. But besides Machu Picchu, there's so much more. There's like Arequipa Canyon, there's Waka Oasis, there's the culinary magic of... uh, of Lima, uh, you know, Cusco itself, there's Lake Titicaca. So uh, there's so much about Peru and I keep raving to people how amazing and diverse um, Peru is. Peru is. So tell us about your Peru trip and uh, maybe a little bit about the itinerary there. What do you cover? Yeah, definitely. So our Peru trip, like you said, Machu Picchu is definitely included in that itinerary. And for a lot of people, it's a highlight. Personally, I love Machu Picchu, but there are other archaeological sites in South and Central America that I enjoy just as much. And for me, the like the little jewel of Peru is Lake Titicaca. I thought Lake Titicaca is beautiful, and culturally, it's really rich. So our trips include um, a couple days in Lima, doing a food tour. You can't go to Lima without eating the delicious food and drinking Pisco Sours. Um, and then from there, Cusco, obviously, Sacred Valley, Machu Picchu. Um, we do an Amazon, a three-night stay at Amazon Lodge in Puerto Maldonado, and then finish it off with Lake Titicaca. And we've done a couple other versions as well that include time in Arequipa or Colca Canyon. Did you guys go to Colca Canyon? Yeah. yeah, yeah, we did a tour. We did a day trip uh, from Arequipa. Unfortunately, my wife, uh, she got uh, altitude sickness. So this is a big warning for people. Definitely uh, acclimatize. Uh, she couldn't enjoy much of the tour. It was like me and the kids exploring uh, Arequipa, that area. But uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely it was amazing. It's actually way bigger. I forget the exact stats, but even uh, quite a few times as bigger as the Grand Canyon. Yeah, it's amazing. And the condors are so cool. But as you said, on your way to Colca, you hit 16,000 feet. And that is pretty, like, that's pretty darn high for most people. So 
Peru and South America in general, you're going to have some major altitude, so it's something to prepare for, for sure. So uh, what other tours do you do? Uh, we've already covered Guatemala, we've covered Cuba, Peru, any others? Ecuador, um, yeah. Mexico City, and Oaxaca, so, which are all very different. Ecuador, it's seven days in mainland Ecuador, and that includes time in Quito, which is like the big capital city. It has the historic center, and then it has the modern areas. We spend time in a little, a little bit of time in both. Um, Otavalo, which is one of my favorite places. It's this beautiful, have you been there? Yeah, 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 yeah. I so, love Otavalo. It's a, such an incredible market. I think it's the biggest outdoor market in all of South America, and it's uh, phenomenal how uh, vibrant and colorful it is. So yeah, I love uh, Otavalo. Yeah, I love Otavalo. And what's cool is when we spend time in Otavalo, we meet with a lot of um, like local artisans and local musicians, local medicine men, and do a lot of the more traditional kind of folkloric activities. And then also we want to highlight some of the new younger entrepreneurship that's happening there. So there's actually a craft brewery in Otavalo called Cava Caran. And so we are able to go and actually go to their cerveceria and like learn about the whole process. And then they're friends with this um, father-daughter duo who has an organic farm project they're trying to work on. So we try to do like the traditional and then like what's more innovative, like what's new happening in Otavala to give people a more comprehensive idea. Um, and then we go to Cotopaxi, which that volcano is amazing. Um, and then from there, after mainland Ecuador, people have the option to go to Galapagos Islands. Have you been to the Galapagos? No, definitely. Uh, that was on the list, but uh, it's a budget thing. You know, you got to make the decision on the money side of things. But like if we yeah. went to Galapagos and also East Island, that was one of the uh, want to do def destinations, but it would have blown our budget to do the rest of South America. So we left that and we left East Island until uh, one of our future trips. So yeah, yeah but uh, yeah. definitely an amazing place, obviously. Yeah, Galapagos is is unlike anything I've ever seen before. It's, it's really amazing. You walk down the street and the sea lions are just like flopping around. They totally run the show. I mean, humans are definitely second to the wildlife in Galapagos in a really cool way. It's, it's amazing. Awesome. So we've covered pretty much all of your tours here, Chelsea. Uh, one of the questions I have for you is because a lot of our guests, uh, sorry, our, our listeners and viewers, they're looking into getting into digital nomadism. So they're looking like, what should I do? Should I be a coach? Should I do social media? Uh, should I do a website design, graphic design? And, uh, you know, some people are considering this whole area of tour guiding uh, and they don't know where to start. So I would love for your insights. So to that person listening or watching here today, if they wanted to start their own tour guiding company or run their first tour, uh, through your experience, I know it's only been a couple of years, but what advice would tip you to give to that person who hasn't done a tour yet, but really wants to? If you haven't done a tour yet, but you're an avid traveler and you consider yourself an experienced traveler, I would definitely recommend going on some guided group tours or reaching out to somebody. It could be, you could reach out to me or somebody who's doing the similar stuff to really get an understanding of the background, the back end of the logistics. I think a lot of people think that it's pretty easy, but when you're talking about coordinating transportation, lodging, meals, is the guide going to show up on time? And that's another thing. It's like we have one cultural expectation in the U S or Canada about how things run on time. And then there's a different cultural norm in Latin America, right? It's not to say one is better than the other, but you have to be able to navigate 
gate and make your clients happy and meet their expectations, but also work with your third-party vendors and make sure that they feel respected and treated well. So having that ability to exist in those two cultures is really important. Um, transportation is probably one of the most important and the most difficult things to have taken care of in a safe and reliable way. So if you're not going to own your own vehicle and have a trusted driver and you're going to subcontract transportation, make sure you have like a solid contact for that. Um, and obviously like there's the whole back end process of getting a seller traveler's license and it depends on the state or country you're from. But I would say a lot of people have contacted me and they're like, I really like this place. I just want to take a group there. Like, how do I do it? And I'm like, it's more complicated than that, especially the liability part of it. Like, think about it. You're taking people on this journey in this different country and you're essentially responsible for their health and their safety and their comfort and their enjoyment. 24 seven, the whole time they're here. So you have to be able to be prepared uh, for anything that could happen. And that liability is, is big. So like I have a massive insurance policy. So if it's something that you want to do full time, it's totally possible, but you really have to plan. If you want to run a trip like three or four times a year, you might be better off reaching out to a company like the Heart of Travel or a different tour operator and partnering with them where they can kind of do a lot of the legwork for you. Great insights, great insights there. And I, I think one of the other questions people would have around that topic is how do you fill up the tours, right? You could have the greatest tour in terms of, uh, the, like you said, all those logistical kind of things. The itinerary would be wonderful. The pricing makes sense. But then you have like one person sign up or three people sign up and you just can't make your work in terms of uh, profit. So tell us about the marketing and how do you fill up your tours? Yeah, we're really lucky. I feel so lucky that I was able to, before I started my company, to build up a pretty core group of a few hundred people in, in Sacramento who had gone on trips with me before or who knew about what I had been doing back when I worked at the Spanish school. And thanks to them, they've been a lot of our core client. And then they've also referred us to a ton of people. So for us, repeat customers and word of mouth referrals have been our number one. Um, and then from there, I do get people who message me off of Instagram or Facebook or different Facebook groups. Um, I attend conferences to meet people and to try and get the word out. Um, I've been lucky to get a fair amount of press in California, so a couple of newspaper and magazine articles. So for us, we've really tried to focus on developing a really solid market in my hometown. And then from there, it's expanding and other people find us on the internet. Other people might take the option of doing like massive Facebook ads and other online marketing. For us, I didn't have the original budget for that. Um, and I really like having a super, super personalized relationship with my clients. And so if I have less clients, but they're really loyal and they're going to come on trips with me to, like, I have a couple who is going on a trip with me in October. It will be their fourth trip in less than two years with us. So like if we can do that and I get to know them and they literally sign off their emails, love Susan and Steve, like for us, as long as we can keep the roof over our, our head with that amount, like we're happy. Um, obviously we want to grow and we want to expand, but for us, it's important to also maintain kind of that personalization and that integrity in our company. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. I mean, uh, the best of marketing is a happy customer, as they say, right? So that's phenomenal uh, that uh, people keep coming back. Uh, you know, you're obviously doing a great job there. They come back and they also refer their friends and their family and boom, 
word of mouth it grows. So I'm curious to know what's your vision for your company now? Uh, you're already in Mexico, you're doing Guatemala, Ecuador, uh, Peru, Cuba, so you have like five or six tours. What's your vision? Are you going to concentrate on these five? Are you going to take over the world in terms of Europe and Australia and, and you know, uh, Asia? Tell us about your vision. Yeah, our focus will always be Latin America specific. So we do have plans to at some point, I have an, a Panama itinerary that I'm getting ready to work uh, to, to launch and we want to hit up Colombia next. But like you said, we're hesitant to try and expand too quickly too soon. And we really want to have like our current bread and butter functioning really well and filling up on a regular basis. And then since we're based out of Guatemala, Little by little, I get emails of people who just want like a one-day tour here or a weekend thing. And so we're in the process of creating just a massive menu of different tours that you can book here in Guatemala. Maybe once you already get here and you can find out about us. So that, and we just brought on a new guide and driver so that we have the capacity to do that. So we're going to be looking at the bulk of our business happening here in Guatemala and then probably having like twice a year Ecuador, twice a year Cuba, but having like 80% of our work happening here in Guatemala. So that's kind of where things are going. Um, separately, but somewhat related, we're looking to start a nonprofit. That would be a separate entity, but there would be some link with Heart of Travel. So that's another project that we have going on right now. Sounds exciting, sounds exciting. Uh, so if people wanted to connect in terms of, uh, you know, those two areas, either they're a tourist or a traveler and they wanted to go on one of your tours or they're like a digital nomad who wants to pick your brain a little bit more on the whole uh, tour guide side of things, how can they connect with you for both of those purposes? Yeah, definitely. And I would love to talk to any, any digital nomads or people interested who to break into this kind of work. Please feel free to contact me. Another phase at some point is I want to do like a coaching and workshop for that stuff in the future. Um, but feel free to email me now if you have questions. You can reach us at hola, H-O-L-A, at theheartoftravel.org, or my personal is chelsea at theheartoftravel.org. Our website is theheartoftravel.org. And then our favorite social media platform is Instagram. So that's heart underscore of underscore travel. Feel free to follow us, like our stuff, DM us. We love Instagram. <laughs> Awesome, nice and easy, nice and easy. So make sure you check out uh, Chelsea and also Ola at The Heart of Travel. And uh, yeah, as you can tell here, she has some amazing tours uh, to some incredible areas in Central, South America and the Caribbean. So make sure you connect with Chelsea. And I uh, just wanted to uh, give you a big thank you for all the work you're doing and uh, congratulations and keep up the great work, Chelsea. Thank you so much, Okay, I really appreciate your time. You're welcome, we appreciate yours as well. And as they say in Espanol, muchas gracias, hasta luego. And ciao. Uh, ciao. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Uh, make sure you connect with Chelsea on all those websites and social media. I'll have those links below if you're watching YouTube. And if you're listening to iTunes or podcasts, they'll be right in the show notes. Uh, so thanks, everyone. And make sure you follow us, uh, us as well. We're a daddy blogger, and we're going to be covering a lot of Asia after we finish Central and South America. Now it's a Asia leg of a daddy blogger world tour. So make sure you follow us along as well. Daddyblogger.com and, of course, digitalnomadmastery.com as well. So thanks, everyone, and happy travels.